Oh, hey. Hi. What episode is this? Four. Four. So exciting. Here we are again, but this Monday is a little gloomy. I know. It's okay. It's fine. We're going to make it a sunnier day here for you folks, (laughs) for all you listening. With some really fun, sexy, dry content. (laughs) I'm kidding about the dry. It's like that awkward, not awkward, it's like the content of which... You hear like books on tapes, yes. but we're going to make it short and we're going to make it interesting and we're going to use stories on it. And hopefully if you're listening to this, you'll jump off the fence on why you should buy. Which is exactly what we're talking about today. So if you're on the fence. If you're on the fence, that's what we're going to call it. All right. If you're on the fence. I personally feel that this topic is stronger for you to explain. Sure. Because you understand it from many different variables and benefits to um, a variety of price points. Sure. So do you want to start? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, so for those of you who are listening who don't know what we're referring to, um, being on the fence is when you are leaning towards, you know, in our case, a direction of discovering what it takes to purchase a home both financially and, as you've heard us talk about in the past, emotionally. (laughs) Um, Being on the fence means that you haven't decided which side to be on, whether you're going to stay renting or you're going to buy. So you're just Mm -hmm. sitting there right in the middle. So a lot of times I'm the big wet blanket that comes in when a buyer comes in and goes, I'm working with Alex (laughs) and I'm so excited to buy my first home. And Erin, I want to talk about what I qualify for and what that's going to mean to me for monthly payment and money that I need to buy. So then I come in with the reality. Generally, the reality is that it's just more information than they thought was part of it, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what I'm referring to is, um, let's say a buyer is wanting to buy a $400,000 house and they want a $1,000 mortgage payment. Well, you're like the dream crusher. That's exactly right. <laughs> you're I'm like you. you're like the parent have, of which you I, are home buying. Yes, I have to have the come to come to Jesus. Come to me, darling. Um, come sit down. Let's have a talk. Let's have a little chat. If you can find that, let me know. Though, yes. Well, you, I'm sure you. Could. Well, no, uh, no. Anyway, the point is that what I find myself being is the dream the crusher, dream as crusher. Alex would say, and it's not a dream crusher. It's just a reality check, right? Yes. It's what's realistic. Yes. What's actually something that could come to fruition, not just, well, I've decided that I would like my payment to be 1000 and I've decided that my price point is 400000 Well, sweetie, those two don't match up. <laughs> so let's have a conversation about what the reality is of how far can a $1,000 mortgage payment get you in sales price. Okay. Now, if you're going to put down a couple hundred thousand dollars, then you're... Then sure. But then why in the heck would you be looking at 400000 yes. If you're going to be putting a chunk down, then it's a whole nother. Yes. So anywho. Okay. So from my perspective, people are on the fence. Mainly, mm-hmm. the most, the majority of them is lack of commitment or lack of knowledge. Okay. So generally, the lack of commitment comes from not having the knowledge, right? It's a symptom of not being educated in that, in that field. Correct. And we've run into this before, right? We've had conversations about how... It's already scary enough just to reach out and ask, like, hi, and then once I just you have do, questions. It's, then, yes. Now it's real. Yes. And also people think, like, well, it's, I don't want to commit to anything. You're not committing to anything. We're just having a conversation. I talk to people Correct. on a 
regular basis. I oh my God. You know what you are? That what? dating app. It's just lunch. It's just lunch. That's me. That's you. Non-committal. Just use me and abuse me. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about, you know, lending stuff, guys. And then if you do like, it's the second cup of coffee. Yeah. Then they go, well, I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. I really, yeah, that felt good. So I think I'm going to do it again. It's just lunch. It's just lunch, guys. That should be your tagline. You don't even have to take me to lunch. We'll just talk on the phone. It's just a call. <laughs> it's just a call. No. So, um... Back to my point about it being lack of knowledge, people, mm-hmm. which also goes back to fear, right? There's a lot of fear in the commitment side of it because they don't feel like they have, um, you know, enough knowledge to make a decision. That's really what being on the fence is all about. Do you find it, um, side topic really quick, do you find yeah. it a generational? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think we should actually, white elephant in the room, if we're going to make it generational, I do think there's a chunk not to categorize really, but like millennials. Yeah. I am a later millennial if you want to call it that, but there is a fear, a lack of knowledge. Yes, I will touch on Because it's your first time home buyer. Well, it's your first it's time really home buyer whose parents lost their ass in the bubble burst. Yeah. I mean yeah. a lot of them, their parents are lost a lot of money in real estate. Yeah. So why wouldn't they be sensitive to the idea of commitment with Correct. real estate? Um, there's also, to your point about millennials, this, um, um, how would you describe it? Someone who wants to move around a lot or kind of doesn't, doesn't want to. Okay, so it's. Nomadic, a, no, a nomadic buyer. Someone who doesn't want to no, say, well, I don't want middle living is what I would classify it as, okay. where it's almost like the idea of moving apartment to apartment, city to city is more freeing than being tied down to a specific home i'm finding that more i mean there's articles on it on how they want to travel they want to do a lot more things i mean if you want to go in depth with it of how people in their 20s are pushing off a lot of absolutely family Mm -hmm. marriage whatever else getting married later having children later focusing on their careers and not even careers it's it's traveling it's understanding Mm -hmm. neighborhoods too it's it's a freedom of getting up and and less is more if you really look at it, that age group does not have much. It's this idea of packing everything up and going. It is so, true. It's a lot less. It's kind of things. shifted the housing market mm-hmm. and that it it's just been very interesting. Which is why I think that there should be more information out there for that generation to say, okay, well, I know that you don't want to live here forever or mm-hmm. be committed to this forever, but hey, look. You have an opportunity here to tap into a really great rental market as well. And when I say that, I mean yeah. buy, a, buy a property that's a big enough for you that you are managing enough of the, of the payment and know that when you decide to leave in a year or two or whatever that you can rent that place out and you'll have cash flow. So you need to talk on that really quick because exactly. you said not everyone knows you just have to live for a year. Exactly. So it's a great thing that comes up all the time. If you're listening about this, say you live in a rental place for a year. You can do the same thing with the same monthly payments. More tax benefits. More tax benefits and whatever place you find. And then within a year. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to live in the primary residence. If you purchase a home as a primary residence, you're supposed to live there for 12 months or a year. Mm-hmm. A huge misconception or myth or whatever you want to call it, people bring to me all the time is, well, don't I have to refinance it into an investment property? No. If you are vacating one property mm-hmm. to either purchase another one, which is another primary residence, or 
just because you want to move somewhere else and go to rent a place. Yeah. You don't have, and you're turning that into an investment property. There is no obligation for you to refinance that into an investment property and before you move out and like make it an yeah. investment property. Like there's absolutely so no. So how would it spell it out really quick and maybe have someone doing it? How would it if someone is rent um bought their first place and then a year from now they decide they want to move somewhere else? Yep. How sure. what what steps, what story, what guideline would you give someone to do the same thing again? So say they don't, they move, they live there for a year and they go, okay, I want to do the same exact thing in another neighborhood, but I put a renter in condo or mm-hmm. house A mm-hmm. and I'm going to move into house B. How do they financially bridge? Yeah. So you'd need down payment, not tied up in the equity of your current home. Okay. Number one. Or you'd be needing to plan far enough ahead to pull equity out while it's still your primary residence. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's number one. Um, two is that when you are moving to another primary residence, generally speaking, you're moving up quote unquote in yes. either dollar amount or, you know, lot size or whatever. There whatever. has to be a reason why you're leaving. You can't just habitually make primary residence <laughs> investment properties because that's mortgage fraud. Clearly. But <laughs> yeah. For all of those listening, that's not what we're saying to do. We're just saying that there are so much tax benefit and so much, um, so many other appreciating, real estate's an appreciating asset. So you're you're not only taking advantage of, what do we say, $2,000 a month in rent. You wrote it down, actually. $2,000 a month in rent. All right. No tax benefit. Zero. Correct. So that's 20, and that's, that's a low rent for our area. That's, that's low. That's low. That's like a what? That's like a one bedroom. Yeah, in, around here. I mean, and not a not even a anyway. That's no. twenty four thousand dollars a year that you are writing away mm-hmm. with absolutely zero tax benefit. Now, again, for those of you who don't understand what I'm saying, tax benefit is where you have you know the ability to write off some of an expense for a particular reason. In this case, rental. When you rent a place, you have you cannot write off any percentage of the amount that you pay in rent on your tax return. As a homeowner, you write off 100% of your interest up to $750,000 in loan and 100% of your um, real estate taxes. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means for you is that you pay less taxes at the end of the year because you either owe less to the IRS or Mm -hmm. you get more money back as a refund. I would love that. Wouldn't we all? It's a good sign. If you owe money or don't get very much, it means you're making money. So that's, you know, whatever. But the point is that as a, someone who's paying $2,000 a month right now, Mm -hmm. you could get a mortgage that the net payment actually ends up being less than rent because of the benefit that you have for your taxes. Now that's a real specific conversation based on tax bracket, right? Income level, location, how much it was. All, exactly. We'll have that. That, we'll, that, that has like a ten part. Yes, that's a much definitely it. a personalized conversation that Correct. we have with each each um, customer. So we can dive into that. Any of you specifically who want to talk through that, and we can show you some rent versus own calculations for tax benefit for overall expense, future value, which is also a huge thing. Yeah. If buying, you're buying a house yeah. today, what's it going to be worth in the future? Well, we're, you wrote down the number. Yeah. Love so when you write your notes. A3. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm kind of a nerd. Because that way you remember. So some people are on the fence say, well, I'm on the fence today because I'm not ready and I'm just going to wait until next year. That's like the template, the boilerplate 
it's response. This, it's that, again, non-committal. Exactly. It's also fear, and it's also, on our end, it's, I want to see what else is out there. Sure. And it's going to be almost the same thing you see in a year. Mm-hmm. Really, well, it's going to be it, more expensive in a year. It's going to be more expensive, and like you said. And so, so the opportunity to at least have... You were saying conservatively three to four percent. Yeah, I would say really conservatively three three to four percent appreciation in our market for real real estate. Yeah, and yeah, for the DC market. And so, if you're looking, we're talking about a four hundred thousand dollar home today. Costs four hundred thousand dollars. If it appreciates three percent next year, it'll be four hundred thirteen thousand dollars. Hello, fantastic. So if you buy it this year, guess what? In twelve months, you've made thirteen thousand dollars. Like. Clearly, unless you're selling, it's not a dollar-for-dollar dollar benefit, but we're talking about not just tax benefit for lowering your obligations for housing, mm-hmm. but also building your asset in your portfolio. It's also a safe investment. That's how I always find real estate. There's always... It's just a safe investment because you can always hold on to it through any type of market, mm-hmm. and as long as... As long as you can make your payment. You can yes. make your payment... It's a safe investment mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Guess what? Everyone needs housing. It's not like the stock market where it goes up and down constantly. Constantly. Not, but as far as history shows. Historically, yes. it is the safest. One of the safest. And people are going to say, well, what, what happened back in the early 2000s can happen again. Here's yeah. the thing. Sure, Same it could. Same thing happened in but the there 80s. Are but so, there are so many things that have been put into place to not inflate the values that were happening back then mm-hmm. and again i think this is a completely there's so many regulations podcast. too regulations restrictions rules guidelines um you know back in the day yeah. i would call up the appraiser myself as the loan officer and say hey um they're trying to refinance i need a value of like 350 that was normal back then yeah. that is illegal now <laughs> And maybe it was illegal back There's then. There's $20. I, yeah, there was no bribing, but the idea is that it was simple. We had a appraiser, a panel of appraisers, and we yeah. would call and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith are re- refinancing their home. And they'd say, well, how much do you think it's worth? And I'm like, well, I think it's 350 Okay. Okay. There was, it wasn't just, it wasn't as tight as it is today. And Correct. that's to protect consumers, right? Protect well, their it's asset. Also you, you, Not artificially inflated. Then something. it was, you walk in, and I swear anyone could get a loan. Well, you could. Oh, you make $30,000 a year. No hate on anyone who does. Just make $30,000 a year. Sure. They, you can go buy that $700,000 They used to say if you if you bleed and breathe, you can get a loan. Everyone does at least one of those. So my dog? Yeah. <laughs> well, human. Yeah. So so anyway, we could I could ramble about this all day, guys. But the point is that we believe that this fear or this being on the fence has to do a lot to do with lack of um, information. Lack mm-hmm. of education in different things. And we could touch on loan programs. There are loan programs that are little to no money down. There are things that can help you get into a yep. property. Um, really just to get in while you, while the market is at its peak. I think that's... It's like an educational thing, but I also think with the programs, it's it's like... The idea of home ownership is such a far-fetched dream. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also not the American dream anymore. Yes. Right? Okay, but if you have, for example, like someone who has a voucher, a renting voucher, or whatever, to, for them to purchase it, it, there's like hoops they have to go through, but to, it's sure. almost like overwhelming probably. I would imagine. Yeah. That if you actually just somewhere to contact you, it, it'd be very easy to say, here are my options. Yes. This is what you need to do. Yes. 
And yes, we can make it happen. Yes. Kind of like we said two episodes ago. Yes, we said it's not a matter of if you can or can't. It's a matter of what steps do we need to take to get you ready to do it. Same thing with student debt. Absolutely. Same thing with if you have or upside down in your home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing. Everything has a solution. It's correct. Here, are, what are what are the steps to get there? Correct. You mentioned student loan debt, which is another big reason why a lot of people are not or fearful, I should say, of purchasing well, homes. A lot of more s- students, let's say now, are going not only for the four year degree; they're extending it. Well, it's almost like the four year degree is nothing anymore. It's nothing anymore because of how competitive the market is out there yeah. nowadays. That ex- depending on industries, depending on industries, sure. You really need your master's, then you need certain certifications within it. Yep. And as soon as you know it, I mean, both my brothers, one of them's an attorney. I mean, racks up a couple, hundred, of, th- couple hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Yeah. And I joke, I'm like, you're going to be 80 and paying that thing off. Yeah. I mean, student loans hard. There are loan programs for, that actually can help you pay off your student debt. Mm-hmm. But not, it's not going to cover $100,000 or so. No. There's, um... But if you do have student debt and you still want to buy, at least you still have some sort of benefit like you were saying. Well, you want to, if you are paying all of this money in student debt, you know that your taxable income is already going to one huge, is being tied up by one huge, mm-hmm. in my opinion, debt, mm-hmm. right? Student debt is actually debt. Just Whereas I consider a mortgage one of the largest indebtedness that you have but it's an asset that's working for you so to mention you because mentioned you Chong. can turn around and sell it you can't turn around and sell your student, your debt. student no. debt no 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 hi here's my degree exactly. i would like to sell it yes and by the way you know student interest is also tax deductible but to your point you mentioned earlier before we started our, our podcast that chong mentioned the idea about like putting 20% down if there's a huge myth still that you have to put down 20% first of all no no you don't number two I might advise against you putting 20% down. There's lots of reasons why. I think you could diversify the 20% exactly. into so many. Exactly. Exactly right. And you can buy a, the theme is $400,000. So you mm-hmm. could buy a $400,000 asset for a 3% down payment. There's no other asset that you could buy for that little investment. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Like So we the most money that you can finance, approvably, right? Yeah. When you're comfortable with the payment. To maximize your tax benefit, maximize how much you're writing off in interest um, and real estate taxes as well, mm-hmm. it's going to actually benefit you. Again, it's all about payment. If you're paying the same amount in student and loan, I'm sorry, same in amount rent. in rent as you would your net payment on your mortgage, there's no reason why you shouldn't buy because you're no. increasing your benefit no. further. So anyway, we could ramble about this all day, guys. I'm serious. I really could. <laughs> but this is going to be one of those conversations where you have to tell me your specifics and we can put a plan into place and talk about lots of things tax benefit talk mm-hmm. about you know appreciating assets talk about future value what's it going to cost you to wait what's it going to cost you today truly it's about knowledge when you have the knowledge you can feel empowered empowered and excited and know that you're in the driver's seat to to really like you said Alex diversify your portfolio and I believe in real estate and obviously I do it and I believe that again it's one of the safest investments and I also believe it takes you to the next level of where you want to go in I life agree. I completely and agree. you can start with your $200,000 condo mm-hmm. or townhome and yep. you can eventually work your way up to that dream home of yep. what you believe and the fastest way to get there is through real estate <sighs> sure is 
smart investments, not just going out and buying. Especially in our area, right? We could be sitting in, you know, the Midwest right now, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah. we just, they don't have, we have one of the strongest markets Correct. in the country. Correct. So having this conversation is going to, especially in our area, Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, mm-hmm. it's actually a different conversation in other places. But this mm-hmm. is where we know that it's sustained. You're, you're We're the one the, area that I can actually think of. I don't know about New York City so much because to me everything there just seems yeah, very astronomically priced. But in a very small radius, we are the one area where we have such a large demographic of of how do I describe this? Of different price points. Oh yeah. Okay. And that within that radius, within like let's just go within that ten mile radius mm-hmm. of DC. Okay. You could get Everything. You can get everything and still have everything within that radius. So if you, it's like, it's really cool how it's like a melting pot of just mixed, of of different housing values, different people. And if you're like, oh, I love this neighborhood right now, but my dream is to move for me. Like I love the Palisades, for example. So like if I were that person, I would know, okay, these are the shifts I need to do over the next couple of years to move to that neighborhood. Yeah. And you can within Absolutely. a 10-mile radius. Absolutely. Where else can you do that? It's a great point. It There's really not is. many cities you can actually affordably do that and still have the same benefits and still mingle with the same people mm-hmm. who are where you want to be. Especially right now with how many like town center developments they're creating, like oh Pike and Rose, God. Brown. Yeah. Even in Clarksburg, they're developing a new town center. It's yes. just crazy yeah. how many places these kind of lifestyle living are going to become available. And again, oh, that's all 10 miles, right? All of that was 10 and miles. And you can choose what lifestyle you want, which is actually mm-hmm. really fascinating. And you can buy one of those beautiful brand new condos over here at the Copley. Yes. It's like 230. Brand new. Or you could go buy your single family down the road. Yep. Or you could go be in D.C. and live the D.C. life yep. with the condo. Or yep. It's really intriguing. It is. And I think we all are a little spoiled in this area. We don't know where what it could be like. When I say we, I mean y'all. Don't know how much worse it could be. Correct. Um, there's a huge opportunity here for, for people who, um, again, who are on the fence, maybe thinking about it, but and don't know And there's an opportunity for all different price points. Every single price point and has And all different backgrounds. All different incomes. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities out there. If you so have many loan programs that can qualify for. I mean, I'm telling you, yes. it's, it's endless. So if there is a, there is not just you know a square peg anymore. I think of it as like, you know, like you're applying for college and there's scholarships. Mm-hmm. There's like a scholarship for everything. Yeah. There's the there's a loan program for everything. There is, and it's about collecting that data, having what I call the discovery call, discovering yes. what options are. Not just discovering what options. How about discovering like what it is that you really want to do? Alex, to your point, we talked about this. You had to decide what you wanted to do even without any reservation. Like if I could do if I could write out how this is going to work mm-hmm. and not operate from fear, but just mm-hmm. operate from like opti- op- like um optimism and mm-hmm. you know, dreaming. Yes. Your like what do you call it? A dream board or a vision board? What yes. What would that look like? And then how do we reverse engineer that? To get you there. How does it exactly. you gotta take one step? First one. And to me, it's the easiest thing to figure it out. Yeah. But I see it because I sell in all those markets. Sure. And I 
and I have placed one person in one market and seen them transition up towards That's the exactly next home. Right. Exactly. And Josh has done it for years. Yes. And it's the coolest thing to see. Yes. And it makes you feel really good as a person that and you that's help someone. Of real estate. Yes. It's not because they necessarily make so much more money now. No. It has to do with how are you strengthening mm-hmm. what what you already have and just Re- reinvesting is one of them, but also just understanding how much real estate can bring And the using picture. the benefits and mm-hmm. using the tax benefits mm-hmm. and using that money that Smart. you get yes. back if you do and how do you reinvest that yep. money back. And and uh, definitely, obviously. I'm definitely <laughs> a proponent for proponent, sure. Yep. I want to disclaim that I am not a financial advisor, nor do I ever pretend to be one. So, Oh my uh, God, uh, it would be horrible. <laughs> but, but I need to say that I feel like because I – think sometimes we talk about how we know that a well-planned mortgage creates mm-hmm. long-term wealth and it does because you have to plan it out it's not just today oh congratulations you went to settlement no like how do we plan out everything for you yeah that's going to align with all your goals and guess what in five years something's going to have changed and we're going to sit down and talk about it again and what you else can also refinance mm-hmm. and then lots of different so things. many different things yes it's very interesting and and i, and I think it's interesting too is really quick is like Let's use my loan, for example. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get to the logistics as like value or anything, but I like, for example, my second one, mm-hmm. HELOC, mm-hmm. how I can pay that down mm-hmm. and what I can do with it. Dig it back out. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and I'm like, wow, wait, I can go, I can go. There's just so many possibilities with it. And I'm yeah. like, it's, I joke, but I'm like, it's like free money, but like free money that I paid. Yeah. It's like monopoly money, but I actually got to trade in like real money for it. Well, yeah. Home equity line is, is one of those things <laughs> where, you know, it's, it's not right for everyone. No. But it is, there is a, a draw period. Yes. Where you can pay it down and then go, yeah. well, I need some money and it's just there as accessible to you, which is a very unique thing because it's, it's really not... cool. Cause I do like it for, um, if you're able to do it, like I'm doing it, it's, an amazing tool for investing and for real estate and whatever else. It's just, it's a, it's almost like here's an extra handout kind of thing, but like one that I had to, but it's not a handout. It's yours. It's yours, but it's borrowed out. It's an, it's a borrowed asset that you have. So we can get into this. It's like money you forgot you had. Yes. But, but you it, it's something that you can leverage. <laughs> so to your point about paying it off, well, guess yeah. what? If you want to go buy that townhouse in DC, wherever, yeah. whatever, wherever, let's say it's a house that's, uh, I don't know, 150 grand and you mm-hmm. need to put $100,000 into it, you could flip that thing. Exactly. And you're leveraging your your home's equity. That's what made me so excited By about it. investing it into something else and then if you can flip it and then pay it down again and then keep the... It's just, it's a, just, it's just it's limitless. <laughs> it's limitless. Like, oh my God. So yeah, that, no. I'm going to write that down and talk about that next. How that do you leverage cool. the asset that you already have to build more real estate wealth? And that's what excited me. I feel like me. we need to do like a... We need to do like a seminar down at like the National Harbor, like those big conference rooms. You know where you see the advertisements? slide Yes. How to become wealthy in real estate. No. I mean, that one uh, we'll talk about next week if you really want. But yeah, home equity line is is something that if you guys have questions on, obviously contact Aaron. And if you have the ability to do it and the ability to actually afford to do it. And I think that's a huge key point there is that you want to to be able to pay it down. It has to make sense. It has to make sense. And knowing that you can pay it down quickly Mm -hmm. and knowing that then you can go and I could go invest in something else, flip it or invest in something else, whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and still pay it down. It's, it's, 
I don't know. Like, it's exciting. It is exciting. Absolutely. And that's the thing. You have all this information now that you didn't have before, and you're excited about yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's the message for this I'm podcast. I'm like, screw the first one. Is that, I know. <laughs> that one's boring. That one's boring. <laughs> um, I think that's the message for this podcast is that, listen, like, there's so much out there that you don't know about. So if you're on the fence or even haven't even gotten on the fence yet, let's have a conversation about what your dreams are. Yeah. What you're looking to achieve. Hey, maybe you don't even know what your dreams are. Maybe you don't even know what... Maybe you just know that you want to get out of the area or the situation or you want to stop paying rent Mm -hmm. and you're not noticing any appreciating asset coming from it. It could be anything. Absolutely. And it just starts with the conversation. That's all it is. It's a non-committal conversation. And uh, it's It's just just informational. It's just lunch. Just lunch, guys. (laughs) Except that's like expensive lunch after a while. (laughs) It could get that way. <laughs> um, so how we end every podcast is mm-hmm. how do you take your coffee? And today we have Krista Fitch. Shout out. Um, Krista Fitch is one of our production partners here um, on the E-Team. She supports Dear Carmen. Yes. She's awesome. She, I, I ran in. Her hair is always perfect, I by know. the way. Did you see her purple Yes. I, I'm not brave enough. I'm not brave enough to I do would, color. Erin's blonde, for those who I, haven't I, seen. Am I blonde? Uh, I'm not blonde. What are you? What would you... Strawberry blonde? I think I have brown hair. I have brown hair. You do have brown hair. That's right. (laughs) Strawberry blonde. Strawberry blonde. There's definitely a a brassy glimmer to it. Okay. Anywho, Krista's hair always looks great, and she's a blonde. She's real blonde. She's a real blonde, and it's always perfect. It is. Um, So I asked her how she took her coffee, and she said... She said medium roast with unsweetened almond milk. I was like, oh, come on. You can do better than that. (laughs) Where does she get it from? Do you That's know? what I said. She goes, Starbucks? My kitchen? Like, Oh, she, she like makes it? Yes. She makes like grinds up her own coffee, oh medium God. roast. I was like, damn, that's real fancy. I thought Alex was fancy with her reusable or no. environmentally friendly <laughs> straw. <laughs> and cup. <laughs> I just do the Keurig and then I'm good to go. So yeah, oh. that's how she takes her coffee today. So we have to keep, we need to somehow create a platform where people can submit how they take their coffee and we can read them. I know. I keep telling people to chime in. But, like, how do we get them to contact us? You know us? what? We were supposed to get Mike Carson's last time. We didn't get oh, it. Oh, damn. Mike. Do you want to call You him? know you. Oh, my gosh. Great idea. Hold on. We're going to, like, this is like bring dial- in a live what do you caller call here. Dial-a. Delilah. We have Mike Carson on the line. We have Mike Carson on the line. Mike. He's probably doing those things where he's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Mm-hmm. And I go, are you at the gym? Like, why do you always act like Mr. Hurry <laughs> like with me? <laughs> I feel so antsy today. I don't know why. He told me to hold on. You have him on speaker. I'm here. How are you? Hey, um, Mike, you're live on the air right now. So um, anything you say can and will be used you and against you in yes. a court of law. Yes, ma'am. Um, yes, ma'am. We were supposed to get how you... Um, take your coffee. How you take your coffee for our podcast today. And I, I just completely blanked. So... How I take my coffee. Yes. yes. It depends how this is... If this is actually being recorded or not. Um, your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the way that I like to take my coffee, Aaron Finke and Alex Ross. Yes. I, I, I will have my coffee iced no matter what time of year it is. Oh, whether it's you're like me. 100 degrees or minus 100 degrees. Okay. Um, I'm a huge proponent of cold brew, even when it gives me the shakes. Do you guys uh, because live together? <laughs> Spirit, we're spirit twins. Clearly, yes. and, and then um, you know I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, the Starbucks cold foam cold brew. 
that's that's my my go-to these days cold foam cold brew so there any milk or anything like that in it um the foam is half and half based and they do put caramel in there but the entire drink's like 80 calories and it's delicious so fancy you guys are way too fancy for me Halfway, no soy, no soy, no chai tea latte, <laughs> whatever. So you want to like my, anyway, we'll save it another episode, but I definitely have one of those real basic orders. I think we need to do a podcast and actually bring people in and we'll do a sample of every coffee someone tells us. I will have. literally I would, jump I off the roof of this building if we do you that. guys in front of a great meal of sushi. Oh, I can oh. do that. We have yes, need coffee so. still. We would need coffee. But anyway. Yes. Mike, thanks for calling in. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I love you guys. Coffee and jam is my jam. This um this episode of Coffee and Jam is sponsored by Congressional Insurance yes. Associates. <laughs> I love it. For all, all right, Mike. your insurance needs. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Bye. 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 It's all, right. all right, guys. Till next time. Have a wonderful day. And enjoy the rest of your week. And your coffee. Thanks. Bye. Bye.